0: well it's another regular monday johnny and we're back with talk about that i don't think you sold
1: it the way that i'd like you to sell it what's the regular just a <laughs> regular old monday you guys well, well you it's, know we Mondays did not... get a bad rap anyway and
0: now you've thrown
1: regular on it
0: well, you know, last week we did not put out a regular episode. We we put out a throwback episode, and yeah. and there was some upheaval. Like people were they were like, "Where is our episode?" I saw
1: so- I saw a couple of tweets that people were upset, and uh, I get. Does that make you feel good, or should make you feel like you spoiled brats out there? <laughs> you can't it, you just we makes- just have to flip our head back and like a Pez dispenser? Content just comes out of our neck hole. I don't appreciate that. We're not your dancing monkeys. Quit
0: it, you know? Johnny, do you have a neck hole?
1: I don't. Uh, but uh, I had a grandparent. No. Uh, I just wanted to start off immediately. <laughs> like we, should, we should just we should just take this first two minutes and get no, rid of it. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. They've come to expect nothing less from oh, us. Oh, my goodness. I don't know.
0: Well, Well, you know, we are, we are back and, uh, we are remote today. And so, um, Johnny and I are looking at each other on a Zoom call. Socially and emotionally distanced. Yes. I'm distancing in many ways. I'm, I'm kind of exhausted. I'm not going to lie, Johnny. Uh, it's, we did not have a regular episode. My, my grandfather passed away last Saturday and he was 91. And, um, this was, and I, you know, I've, I've, prepared for a lot of funerals and those things, but of course my dad passed about three years ago. And so normally that would have been, he would have sprung into action, uh, as he, was right, a he would have been
1: the patriarch that handled everything. Right. He was the so, rock. He was the rock of the family.
0: Yeah. So we had to spring into action and uh, my grandmother's 88 and of course the COVID just made this extremely complex, yeah. complex week. Um, so my mom and I handled you know all the details uh, you know in terms of funeral arrangements things like that. But it was just trying to figure out like oh who can we invite? And of course my grandfather founded a church that I grew up in, and mm-hmm. he had all these you know honestly over the years he you know sixty you know plus years in ministry. So many people uh, his church is not large per se, but there are thousands of people out there that were affected by him and. Uh, and so how are we going to do this? Or are, are we, of course, you know, right, you're limited,
1: right? To how many people can be in the room and all this?
0: Well, it's in Davidson County in Nashville, you know? And so, yeah. yeah, trying to figure out what the limitations are, though. The limitations are different on religious organizations. You you just, you just had all this, um, all these swirling and then questions. And then, you know, are we going to do some, something for the family afterwards? You know, we have a lot of elderly people. Right. Usually you get to together, tag. have a
1: meal. You Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and you know, so it 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 turned out we got we we made our way through it. It was yesterday, um, but man, this one took it out of me in terms of just um, planning and and it was just a lot of daily unanswered questions that we had to kind of wait for and and work our way through. But it, it was a beautiful time and yeah we ended up having you know we had to limit it to less than 50 and they were distanced and they were masked and uh the funeral home I mean, that was all their policies that really actually helped eventually we kind of figured out what their policies were because they're having to abide you know by the county uh, yeah, yeah. Policies and, and so checking temperatures you know and then, oh wow yeah yeah and they had a little, little laser gun they point at your head you know so, so that's like, why you your, my memory right now because i've had a lot of that lately
1: i would I love it Wouldn't it be great (laughs) to start clean?
0: Oh, my
1: gosh. Oh, man. I I, I was talking to somebody about that the other day about how, like, I will have a a bad memory. Like, I'll be in the shower or just laying in bed at night, and, like, you're not around your phone, and so you just have this quiet time in your head, which we've talked about before. That's when, like, this weird part of your brain now just opens up. And then you'll just have this memory of, like, hey, remember when you walked out in sixth grade out of the bathroom and your fly was down and you didn't notice for an hour and then girls (laughs) saw your shirt tails coming through? And you'll just, and I will audibly like go, oh, I'll cringe like audibly. Yeah. So I would love it if somebody would be like, you know what? You don't have to have that anymore, Johnny. That memory's now gone. But take I guess they away. would take the good memories too. So that'd be bad. I don't know. That sounds like the lyric of a country song.
0: Don't take the good memories. Oh, it's minutes. true. If they, cause if they,
1: if you could have your memory wiped of the, it's like the dance. I'd have had to miss the dance.
0: Yeah. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. And, uh, um, yeah. yeah.
1: You know, I, I went skydiving. Bad memories I went, with the good. Oh, you went Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain climbing. climbing. I went 2 point, is it 2. 2. 7 2.7 seconds on a, on bull, a bull named, named Fu Manchu.
0: Man you know, Johnny, isn't it, isn't life just like a country song, though? Isn't it? No, it's really not. But it, the country songs do help you reflect on how life could be, and it makes you find the better parts, yeah. I suppose. My wife likes country songs because of their storytelling. You know, they, right. they have that. Yeah. But no, you know, I think, I think, um, for me, when I look back and it's funny cause, um, so I am in a 12 step recovery program mm-hmm. called regeneration. Um, and it's a Christian program and, um, and it's just awesome. There's a lot of us at, at church and it kind of, you have that, um, I guess impression. I had those impressions of what that was, you know, that's only for, uh, substance addicts and, and people who are struggling with those kinds of things. And there's 115 things on the list from worry to, um, you know, needing the approval of people, uh, depression, you know, anxiety, a lot of other things in your life, including the substance issues. And, um, you know, it, when you really go through it in the beginning, you're like, oh, wow, there's 20 things here that are are kind of life-controlling problems for me that I've just mm-hmm. learned to manage a little bit. Uh, and so it really begins to deal, you know, with you, hey, you know, maybe, maybe this is not something that keeps overtaking you and you have to keep pushing back with your own management. Maybe, maybe you should find the real issues and your real security in other places. And, and, you know, not that you ever stop feeling the the issues, but that you have better security in the gospel and better tools to, to say, this doesn't control me in that way. And so, yeah. um, I'm in the part and you're my mentor, by the way, Johnny, I don't know if you knew that. I did. I did <laughs> so, know.
1: But I've always felt in a way,
0: John, I was (laughs) like, you're my mentor. Uh, Yeah. Just that, uh, there's a, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in the section. It's like step four right now where you, you create a fearless inventory and it is, it is the most labor intensive part of it. Like it's, it's a lot of work and, um, and you do inventory of all the harms, uh, to you and all the harms by you. And there's all these questions and all these yeah. appendices and things. And then that you got to read it too. to me. Right. And you're wondering. And, the and then
1: my response is, good luck with all that.
0: <laughs> That's right. Mm, <laughs> and thanks I retreat. for sharing. Sure.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, yeah.
0: lose my number, friend. But it's funny because you talk about those childhood memories. And that is something, even if you're not struggling with them anymore, like yeah. when you're, there's a whole section on fears. Yeah. And you're supposed to, you know, look, if it's something you really remember, mm-hmm. then write about it. And it's like a real repetitive process on purpose because you begin to see patterns. I've already had a few patterns really surface that are very interesting, things I hadn't thought of before. But yeah, man, I'm like going down memory lane right now of, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened when I was about, I don't know, 12 and I was made fun of, you know, because of this. And wow, I now can look and see when I was 20 how I really was still probably, you know, trying to disprove those things. And
1: yeah, yeah.
0: for a lot of people, there and again, I'm a real. Um, I feel like I'm. Most people probably think I'm with it and I manage things well. You know, You're right. So for some, there's a sense of what are you digging up all that pain for? You're doing fine, you know. Right. And getting to the point, you go, yeah, I have. And some of those things, yeah, they don't affect me today, um, in that same way. But they did probably set me into patterns. Especially, yeah, in my it's life. like a
1: it, it, it's like almost like a, a template for your brain that it's set in motion by trauma. Like, I think that way, because I grew up in a very like legalistic household, Mm -hmm. like my mom was a very grace oriented person in the way that she acted towards others, but in the way that she talked and taught, it was very black and white us versus them. You're with us or against us. If someone had, uh, a problem with alcohol or even if they drank alcohol, that was wrong. That was a bad. So I would, so to your point, I have a totally different view about alcohol in moderation in in my adult life now. And, but I still sometimes will catch myself. I'll see somebody drinking and I'll revert back to that old mindset of like, what's this guy's deal? And then forget, like, I don't even feel that way anymore. Right. It's a reaction. But, I, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's like that, that brain template is, it takes over and you're like, then you have to remind yourself like, what do I care what this person, you know what I'm saying? Like, why do I need to be, it's the thing, that's the thing about that legalism. It's, it's all about being in other people's business. Right. And it's addictive. And that's one of the things I think that Twitter gives you that same buzz. You feel yeah. like you're observing an argument from afar And you (laughs) can be all in their business without it affecting your life in any, like, meaningful way other than just making you depressed or angry. But I'm saying, like, I think there's something about that that church people got in the 80s and 90s by thinking everyone was a Satanist if they listened to certain music or everyone was going to hell if they watched already a movie or everyone was uh, falling away if they had a glass of wine with their meal. Like, we needed that little buzz of self-righteousness to get us through and when you remove that and you just go, oh, that's not a thing that I need anymore. But it still kicks in sometimes. And I'm like, oh, because you still want to kind of believe. <laughs> There's still this need in our broken humanity to believe that we're better off. Like yeah. I'm bad, but I'm not as bad as person right And so anything that we can do to give us a foothold there, be mm-hmm. it whatever activity that we perceive as wrong. And so it is, it is weird, though, when you see those things and they kick up from your childhood and you're like, but I don't even think that anymore. Why would that even be a thing? But it does. It, it comes up.
0: Well, your emotional self is not always connected to your logical self, and yeah. and that's not like jargon. That's just truth. That there are things you can. Uh, in fact, w- when you talk about youth or children, you know we we always marvel at watching Sadie, who has extremely an, an extremely uh, developed vocabulary and uh, honestly a lot of of uh, presence of mind. Like, if someone's hurting, you know, someone's in pain, like she's very attuned, very per, for perceptive of things that, in, in a way, maybe that sometimes a lot of adults around me don't see and you responds. Think, you, with think empathy. She has,
1: you think she has, like, a sixth sense? Like, she's got. I think a, maybe, like, of she, she floats things pain. across the room. I'm that's like, wow, interesting. That's, that's, yeah. that's
0: not empathy, John. That's yeah. telekinesis. Yeah. I mean, we teleport occasionally. Anyway, but, you know, then at the same time, though, she's still 12, and you'll have this other thing. It's like we always just say, listen, maturity doesn't all come at once. And I think that's true for adults as well. It doesn't come in all categories at once. It's almost like, you know, the little audio vertical bar graph thing that that looks like on your radio or whatever, Mm. you know, things are jumping at different rates and at different times. And so I think that being aware that i have something emotional something reactionary in my life that i'm not probably aware of mm-hmm. that that that's the beginning of, of everything for me in fact i'm so i'm so completely i guess um aghast is is a word that that comes to me um it's not a word you use a lot johnny people no. don't say aghast enough you're anymore, but, that's
1: you're going yeah. that's like a dickens
0: <laughs> i'm so aghast
1: give, um, give me the biggest goose in the window
0: <laughs> it's still christmas i haven't all, missed it
1: that's what we'll be, we'll be saying this year we'll be like what day is it so <laughs> right. be like festive masks on everybody it's gonna be wonderful
0: oh it's gonna be great but you know i'm i'm really surprised at i think i see it in uh conservative politics right now Mhm. Um, and again, I'm sorry, I got to tell everybody, I am a conservative. Like, that's what's that's what's crazy about that. That's and, what uh,
1: makes it harder to watch because you can't just be like, these jerks, you're like, oh, no, this is how I I I used to identify with 99 out of 100 things. And now it feels like it's kind of been hijacked by, like, I feel like both parties have been hijacked by, you know, weird ideologues and they're, it's almost like an ideological cult on both sides if you go to the far right and far left. But yeah, when you look at it and you're like, I don't align like people that are leaving conservative or the Demo- or the Republican Party are saying like the conservative party left me I didn't leave it you know and I kind of almost understand what they mean in some ways
0: yeah I mean there 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 is a, a change in in there's this sense of I already know what's right completely. Yeah. And I'm insulted. And I think again it goes back to that. That's that's saying I don't have any blind spots. I don't mm-hmm. have any reactionary emotional places that I can't see. And for the like for us at our church, you know, we were certainly there on a spiritual level. I just see now um, that the greatest gift that the gospel offers you only comes through you being willing to admit that you need it that there may be something in my life. And I think that goes back to uh, so many people's viewpoint of what salvation is and how it works. Because think of how most of us say it in the South. It's a, it's a very past tense thing. It's mm-hmm. I got saved right. when I was eight or whatever. And I, I do believe there's that moment of complete uh, spiritual resurrection. But there's also throughout scripture, these present and future tense processes of, you know, I am still in the process of being saved, of being rescued. And if you don't believe you have anything to be rescued or healed uh, from. Now, if I said it that just explicitly, hey, man, do you think you're perfect? Of course not. Everyone, no one's perfect. And mean, mm-hmm. there's always a but after that. And I think that that's, again, that uh, you believe that you believe. That's mm-hmm. how I was. I believed that I believed that. I wasn't perfect and I still needed Jesus, but then I was functionally in so many very black and white concrete places. Like you said, whether it's you kind of pick whatever your pet sin is for everybody else around you. Um, you know, uh, and, and man, you grow up and you do it in youth ministry for two decades. And it's, it's a real, like, you know, it's easy to point out. And then one day you come to the conclusion or the the revelation that you are those kids <laughs> yeah. like you're you're i may have more knowledge more experience i may have more spiritual wisdom you know all those kinds of things but i am the broken one and i think that if you i think it's a dangerous place within the 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 church when the church stops needing jesus because mm-hmm. they don't think they're broken and I don't mean that to sound pseudo spiritual. I think that's really the case. If I got to talk about my grandfather, and my grandfather went, so <laughs> a big part of his thing was he was either born in 1929 or 1930, and his birth certificate was filled out incorrectly, and so hmm. he would use whatever year suited his needs uh, throughout his life. <laughs> okay, and, and it was it was very common, and in, in, especially around World War II, for for young men to try to get. If they wanted to go overseas, they would. They could lie about their age. And the government, I think, was needing soldiers. So I don't think it was nearly as, you know, you're not like you're going to pop it into a computer and search out the database. And, right, right. Like, you know, you could just easily say, yeah. So he went, it, the war had technically ended. He was the youngest of four. He went to Germany at 16. Oh, my gosh. And it was directly after the war had ended. But people don't really realize, like, I mean, Europe was completely destroyed It's a mess yeah decade you know especially germany germany did not really recover and not a very pro-american sentiment if you're there either even if the war's over right well and again it's place to be still and it's and now it's the beginning of the cold war the the very ending of the war with the nazis began the war with the communists because because they they we closed in on germany us coming from the the west them coming from the east and literally it converged into Berlin. And that's where East and West Berlin were mm-hmm. divided. And we were on, we were, we, you know, who is now going to control and rebuild Europe is the real question. Is it going to be Western, you know, democratic, uh, states where democracy is, 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 you know, a thing, or is it going to be communism and Marxism? And, uh, and so it, it's a, you know, the Cold War is not, it, it didn't happen in a vacuum. It happened for a reason. It's because suddenly everything could be redivided. Um, and so my Pawpaw found himself in Germany at that time. And there was a thing there, people don't know their history, called the Berlin Airlift. I mean, you had you had uh, no-fly zones and different things happening mm-hmm. where, you know, it's it's a real tense area. It's a real tense time in, in history. And Pawpaw would tell me, and he would tear up and cry about it um he would say I, mean, I remember he told me a couple of years back he was he came in on a ship with a bunch of other soldiers and they had all of their rations on board and he one of them was they had oranges you know and they were coming into i guess whatever river was bringing them in there to berlin and um he took an orange and he'd eaten it and he threw the peel off onto the the land there yeah and there were these starving german people that like 10 people ran to that orange peel hmm. like that he had dropped the steak and started fighting each other over it and some guy you know beat a bunch of other people down and grabbed it and ran over to his little kid and stuffed it in his mouth basically because they were starving oh my god it, it so profoundly affected my grandfather um he said, he would say this in sermons all the time. He would say, you could, people were so desperate, you could give them a Snickers bar and hand them a gun and say, I'll give you the Snickers if you go kill that person. And they would do anything, you mm-hmm. know? It was this horrible, this, you know, time and in, in, in humanity. But Pawpaw then, he became an alcoholic. He became addicted to cigarettes. He became a, a compulsive gambler. During, I mean, he was only 16. and I Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it's like
1: you're forced to grow up. So you develop all these grown up habits too.
0: Oh yeah. And he's no doubt. And, and, you know, he didn't smile a lot at any of the pictures, but I started thinking he's probably trying to look older, you know? Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. You know, trying to pass. so he, he got, you know, he, he was not dishonorably discharged or anything, but he was taken by the MPs and had to, had to basically detox him and he put him in this tiny cell and he tells that story and he came home, you know, from Europe and that's where he had this like radical salvation experience. You know that was just one of those things where he never drank or smoked again. Right? Kind of yeah, thing. you like, hear about he,
1: that stuff. I think I heard you tell yeah. me that before that he just prayed and then like he just never craved alcohol ever again and never. Yeah. never
0: and it smoked was a very, ever. very Pentecostal thing that he went down to an altar and yeah, you know yeah. it, and and he that was one of his expressions was is you know the reason I do this is because they still walk the aisles like I walked an aisle one time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so you know that's so embedded into I think that evangelical, especially Pentecostal side of the culture. And um, and he just was very emotional. But I was telling the people, like, you know, if you if you read the Apostle Paul, and this goes back to the previous conversation, he never stopped talking about how bad he was. Mm-hmm. He still he still knew that he was being rescued from that. Like, it wasn't just a past thing. It was a I'm writing to you as the chief of sinners. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean he also would write to you as one who was redeemed in Christ. So that 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 dual. The tension of the two present tense titles he was giving himself is a part of it. Like he – it was effective to point out to to everyone, I'm the guy that was trying to kill Christians, and now I am – the chief of sinners has become the chief statesman for the faith, and that's to reveal to you the grace of Christ. But if I ever stop talking about being the chief of sinners, then what, what do I become? you know, now you're not going to see Jesus anymore. You're not going to see how miraculous this process Mm -hmm. is. My grandfather did the same thing. He never stopped talking about his addiction, you know, and his struggles. Um, And so how painful that can be in some ways, but it's also what makes us believers. We have this peace in the middle of, you know, I don't, I I can, I'm going to tell you shameful things without shame dominating my life Mm -hmm. because I've been freed in Christ. And I just see a movement among a lot of, of churches and, and, and I've been there myself where there's not as a practice an admittance of weakness. There's not an admittance of, you know, of, of my need again of John 15 that I, I don't bear any fruit if I'm not abiding in this place in Christ, but to abide in Christ is to yeah. <laughs> recognize and acknowledge my complete inability. Uh, in fact, one of the first steps is, as we say, um, that i am powerless to manage my my patterns uh-huh. of sin and addiction I'm, I'm powerless and it's a real shot to your confidence or a real shot to your pride rather like it helps your confidence in the right way like do you really believe that you're powerless to yeah. to to manage properly any sort of freedom from the things in your life, and for most of my life, because I was a preacher, I'd be like, "What? What sin? Well, yeah, sure. Everyone's got pride and gets mad at their wife and watches the same, the wrong things sometimes on TV, and always repent. And everyone, everyone worries, right? It's irresponsible almost not to worry. And I'm beginning to realize, like, um, maybe everyone does, but I don't think that's really the life that Christ actually has for me. Mm-hmm. He actually said six hundred times in Scripture not to worry or be anxious. It's throughout the Bible. Like I've learned that now. Six hundred and something times. Don't worry. Don't fear. Don't be anxious. I mean, we're just we just wear it like it's normal life. Yeah, and so I'm in a process. Yeah, because yeah, what you always say when you see people who don't seem worried, you're almost offended at them.
1: Yeah, know? it's like uh, you're just not paying attention. Even like the <laughs> phrase "woke," like being woke is like you've been asleep to all these problems in the world, and now you see why I'm so upset. And now you're woke like me. You've been awakened. So it's like it has become definitely a badge of honor to be uh, consistently outraged uh, rather than have a sense of peace. And I understand there's a time for outrage. uh, But you know what I mean? Like just constantly checking social media to see what the new thing to be upset is about and more upset than the other person to show how much more woke you are than them. That's become right. a badge of honor. It show how much harder you're working. That's a big thing we've talked about before. You know, like, yeah, uh, even the 40 hour work week is like, it's an invention, right? You know, it's an invention that came from the industrial revolution. I think mean, it's not, we just have determined that hardworking people means 40 hours a week or more than right. usually more. And, but that's not necessarily like something that God put in, you know, that God put into order. Like it's going to be, it's got to be eight hour days away from your family or you didn't really work. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the idea of, of Sabbath or uh, cultural siesta, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, you know, to the modern Western thought was well, you're just not being productive or, or you're yeah. not you're not holding it all together like you could. It's a very interesting. In fact, I thought the other day, I think that we have a counter wokeness in conservatism. It's like conserva woke now. OK, um, I like it. Yeah. And that what that means is I am now woke to calling out your wokeness. Yeah. Like there's that there's that counter uh, reactionary. Yeah. You know, I remember studying political science in, in, in college that you know, we talked the other day about socialism and fascism being the far left and the far right and understanding, you know, understanding where the extremes take you. Mhm. Um, Throughout history, you know, so, yeah, you, you, look, I don't want Stalin or Hitler, but they weren't on the same side. One was extremely liberal. One was extremely conservative. I'm not I'm not looking for either one of those. They're both bad. I'm anti both of those things. There. Yeah. So um, I think that the flip side is, is the other two words is, is understand the difference between revolutionaries and reactionaries because those are also revolutionary is a far left thing and reactionaryism is actually a thing. It's a a hallmark of conservatism because you got to think about just the very word conservatism is I'm, I'm trying to keep things as as much as possible from changing as opposed to status quo
1: becomes like an idol to conservatives.
0: Right. And then revolutionary thought is, is we need to change everything all the time. Right. And, but that reactionary thought process is just another way of, of your wokeness. In fact, I've, I've talked to many who who they think those of us who are, again, I'm not, I don't call myself woke or whatever. I don't even, you know, I got, again, I think labels are part of the problem uh, a lot of the time though. uh, But, but I I am opening my mind again. Again, I just feel like I have a lot of places to grow that um, I'm, I don't, I don't feel like um, you can't be afraid of being called
1: a name and and let that inhibit your growth. Be like, all right, well, I'm not going to learn about racial indignities done in the past because I'll be lumped in with these other people who are called woke. It's like, just grow and learn about yourself and learn about the good and the bad of our history. And don't let people call you names and let that inhibit you. You know, that's just, that's part of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, that's the tribalism of it all. You know, yes, I'm not, I'm not afraid of that, I guess as much. Um, but I just think reactionaryism is just another form of that. It's the exact yeah. same thing. Is now people are upset. Well, you got uh, it, this is one of the things you see. I watched the other day. A lot of Christians out there who've never cared about this before are now, and there's a sense of shaming people for caring now. Right. Yeah. Because you didn't before. And you're again, to me, it's a gospel issue. Like, okay, guys, if we weren't right in this before, is the answer to yeah, now yeah. say we should remain not not correct because we're like because people again conservatism says you're undoing you're undoing good foundations you're undoing something that was right we've been okay we've been okay we've been okay don't change don't change don't change
1: and when you try to say no i can show to you that we weren't and then it's like you're you're shaming the the nation you're 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 spitting on the the founding fathers by just saying hey we used to have separate drinking fountains can we talk about that and we talk about the fact that it was like you know a few decades ago right and like yeah, no how prepared. dare you you know even when somebody says and again i'm not trying to yeah. be political with like when even somebody says make america great again you're implying that america was great and you're and you go to somebody and say when was america great america's never been great for everybody there's right. always been somebody under the foot and so when you go okay well so you have to look at that and be honest with yourself about it and yeah. uh it's just, again, I love America, but it's one of the reasons I don't like that slogan because it's like it's a very condescending to a lot of people groups
0: slogan. Right. I think that the Founding Fathers would agree, again, of a guy who reads a lot of books about and by the Founding Fathers, I can tell you that they did not begin with the premise that just because we were who we were, we uh-huh. were great. There was a sense of stewardship.
1: Yeah, greatness is to be achieved. Greatness is to be fought for, yeah. and daily, daily earned. Yeah, uh, it is
0: a you got to you got to keep moving. Yeah, and forward. it can go away.
1: It can go away if you don't. If you lose, uh, you, if you lose the way, if you lose your way.
0: Well, again, don't. George George Washington's farewell address. He he was warning against that. He was yeah. warning. He was warning against political parties. Number one, he hated them, and he was warning against entangling alliances, which is foreign. Things that got us into other world wars and those kinds. Of, like he was saying, this is a great place, and I believe that it is, and he believed that it was. Now you're going to have to keep, you're going to have to stick to the right, things. Be vigilant that we're starting, and you're meant to make yeah. adjustments
1: as you go. I don't know, um, man. Well, to your point be. earlier about uh, like uh, uh, pastors not wanting to admit fault uh, or like to 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 own things, or like we've lost the idea of just repentance or saying like, I have this flaw and I want to like, I think that's part of, you know, mega church pastors have become brands. Like we all have a brand now. Like yeah. I have to, you when I talk with my agent or when I talk to somebody about anything, it's like how many followers, how many, when you go to get a book published, it's, and here yeah. we are, we're basically nobody's, but it's like, Everybody thinks to themselves, as far as like, what is this doing for my brand? How much more so if you're a megachurch pastor, you got three, four thousand people in your flock, or whatever you want to call it. Now to go to them and say to them this thing of like, hey, I'm just like you, and I struggle with X, Y, Z. You're seeing more of it now, maybe in a surface level, but it's that's a revolutionary act to come out as like a human being and not this. Because if they're afraid if they admit weakness, they lose the trust of these people, when probably the opposite is true. Like you said, if you can say to somebody like Paul did, like, look, this is all the stuff that I have churning in the background. I want to do the right thing, and even I can't get it right. Because uh, people want to, that's the thing we grew up under is, here's 10 steps to a great life. If you do these five things like me. You can be joyful and have, God's going to give you all the money and he's going to give you all the success. And uh, it doesn't ring true. And then they find out that you're also a sinful person and then everything right. comes un- unglued. And then the people who believed and, and came to faith under your ministry, they feel like that linchpin was you and not even yeah. Christ anymore. So they're like, well, gosh, if pastor so-and-so can't even pull it together and that was all a lie, then maybe God is a lie. So that's the fear. And so we're afraid to be vulnerable. Even when you write, like people talk about, you talk about Sadie and her sensitivity. Like there was a comedian that talked about that, about very successful guy. And he was saying that he, does it bother you when people write you angry comments or hurtful comments in YouTube on your videos? And he was like, it hurts every time. But that part of my mind that is sensitive enough to write jokes and see the world with like a third eye in essence, from a different perspective that's the same like if i in other words if you take one away you would lose the other you can't just be like no i don't care what people think but also i have this extra sensitive mind that lets me see something that you couldn't see right so you can't have one without the other and so i think pastors who are trying to be superhuman
0: are just on a collision course It's not even a, again, it's everything that can be shaken will be. That is a scriptural principle. It's not a, I don't think it's a promise. I think sowing and reaping are principles more than there are promises. Because yes, sometimes sometimes a, a, a young person dies and there's not a real cause that we can see cause and effect. Something we've learned in those Bible project videos is that like, especially Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and those things like, you know, raise up a trade up a child in the way he shall go and when he's old he will not depart from it it's not a promise as much as it's a principle Mm -hmm. of in general good things when you sow good things you reap good things but there's always something you know that can go awry in that and that's part of the brokenness of the world and the mystery the balance of the two so if you're banking on that kind of thought process of well hey i think there are corrupt politicians and there are um pastors who are caught in a lot of immorality that don't ever get caught and they remain successful. That's Psalm 37 talks about that. Do not fret over the evildoer who prospers in his way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that happens. I mean, he's acknowledging the psalmist is acknowledging that right, there's the this exception st- that proves
1: the rule kind of a thing. Yeah.
0: There's this imbalance to what you're expecting and everyone thinks that good produces good and bad produces bad. And that's why we all want to think of ourselves as good people because then we think, you know, they're bad. And I've had a lot of Christians say that. I just think people are actually pretty good. What they mean is comparatively, mm-hmm. they're good. Good good compared to what is really what that means. And, and the real gospel says, you know, hey, you can acknowledge your complete and utter death. I mean, it's death is how distant you are. That's the beauty of it is that you get brought to life by another, and you don't have anything to boast about in it. And that's not just the time you got saved; like that is the that is the, the the life you're supposed to live in. Is this? Imagine how grateful you are when you realize that your breath is sustained by Jesus, both physically and spiritually. There's this active, you know, Chesterton talked about that a lot, as did C.S. Lewis. There's this active intervention of Jesus who. It says in Acts holds all things together. Actually, that may be sorry, Colossians. But who who says in Acts says in Him we live and move and have our being. Like there's this this more active present tense thing because when the gospel is a past tense thing, and now it's up to you, and you're pretty good compared to everybody else. And yeah. I think you're right about pastors. Um, and I can say that because uh, you know I am one. You know, you, we don't mean to, but you your foundation will be shaken. Whether or not you ever have a moral failure or not, what you will have is shallow Christians, mm-hmm. because and they may not, they may not. Um, if your call is to make fully devoted disciples, all of us for for one another, if we bake anything else into the foundation other than the goodness of Jesus. You know, expressed in the grace found at the cross, then leads to this radical transformation of life that is beyond what we can do for ourselves with a bunch of just look. I am in a program, but the program is 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 leading me. In fact, my, my region leader said it great this week because one of the guys was talking about like, man, I feel like you, I feel like I'm just needing to write all the bad stuff I've ever done, like I'm trying to fix myself. And this guy said it was so great. He said, he said, listen, all this is is a tool for you to realize. What else you need to keep bringing to Jesus and invite him into but mm-hmm. that, that's that's all it is, and so is the Enneagram and so is whatever else you do in your life it, it's not doing anything you're not doing anything you can't what you're doing is is you're you're becoming more honest about like Paul was he had to become honest about wow it, within me as a yeah. Pharisee he was literally a Pharisee, not just metaphorically within me as a Pharisee is this desire uh to do good that yeah. i can't I can't achieve Romans seven. I can't get there. Therefore, this is this is what I must change about the way that I see. And if you are reactionary, meaning you're only reacting, you're always staying put, and when someone else enacts something upon what you think should be status quo, and you that's when you take action mm-hmm. as opposed to being proactive.
1: Because you feel like a safety net's been taken away in some way too. You feel like, well, yes. this has been the same for so long, so I want a good reason why you're changing this. Yeah. And you feel like well, it's injustice almost.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And there's this thought process that you think that if you just hold out it'll all be okay and I'm mm-hmm. telling you it won't. Um I mean, let's not forget throughout our history, you know, uh, conservatives and liberals both in politicians in in politics have fallen, have made mistakes, have hurt the country. Like they're not meant to be saving devices. They're meant to be imperfect servants of the people in an imperfect system that we're trying to perfect. I mean, you know, in order to, in order to form a more perfect union, right? Like the idea is that's it's good. not perfect. You should write that down. That's in order to, I don't know where that's you heard that, you like that, but that's, that's really good. <laughs> but the idea is we are doing something in order to make this better. Meaning we have to acknowledge that it's not perfect. You can't, create a more perfect union if you already think it's perfect. Mm. Like that, that there's not, it's not important. And and we're now quoting founding fathers who we're not disrespecting. We're honoring what they already knew to be true. It is dangerous to believe that all change within a political system or within the gospel even is negative. It's actually meant to be positive. You don't have to agree with all the changes, but if you literally, again, if you're counter woke Mm -hmm. to the point that anybody who says something that that disrupts the status quo is to be canceled and dismissed, right. then you are literally stopping democracy. In fact, that's what George W. Bush said at John Lewis's funeral. His speech was really was really great. Clinton and and Bush and Obama all spoke. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful, you know, expression of you know, two liberals, one conservative, and they all honored the guy and honored his work. And, and Bush yeah. said Bush said I I didn't agree. I mean, he actually agreed with a lot and, and he had gone to events and stuff with him where him and Obama were there together, especially post presidency. But he said, This is what it's supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, we're we're moving forward and making things better in this imperfect place because we all love this country and we think it is a good and noble country, but in order to make it more. You know, we have to keep looking at these things, and that's supposed to be the democratic process. It's not supposed to be that when somebody is different than you, you just literally go into your own little tribe and refuse to hear anything they say because it must be – I mean, I'm telling you, man, I just got friends right now. You say the word liberal. They're subhuman to you now. Mm -hmm. It's now – we literally dehumanize somebody. They're not worth listening to. They have – they could not say one thing. Worthwhile when liberals like FDR (laughs) were some of the greatest countries uh, leaders in our nation's history. That you may not agree with all of their policies, but to dishonor them and their humanity or their desire to to help. And yes, they're always again, I, I hate all the disclaimers. Yes, there's a radical out there that is dangerous to our country. And that radical may be liberal and that radical may be conservative because humans are. But I'm telling you, what's more dangerous is people in the middle who lean to right or left dehumanizing the other side yeah and 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 here's what i know i am on the right more than i am on the left and i can't i can't reach over to the left and cause them to stop doing that because that's the first thing well they're doing it too okay what i can do what i think the gospel calls me to do in my life is to say listen what i'm not going to do is live my life being completely reactionary in fact you'll love this johnny um you know, Even in our, all of our families have different opinions right now on these things because mm-hmm. it's so supercharged. And so it was great. I had a talk with a lot. I'm not trying to be in control, but we had a small gathering of just my immediate family. And for those I'm close to, I said, hey, guys, can I'm asking in my house this week <laughs> that we just come together, remember all the reasons we love each other and actually remember all the reasons we like each other. You yeah. know, we have some different viewpoints on things because I don't agree with anybody. I think in my family, a hundred percent on anything, uh, you know, I have my own viewpoints on that and, and everybody it was crazy because I think with the loss of my grandfather, everybody really positively responded to that. That's good. I didn't be like, now y'all get here and shut up. It wasn't like that. It was like, a, I'm asking y'all know we like each other, right? Like y'all know we love each other. We've actually been a good team this week working on trying to help serve the family and honor my grandfather. Right, right. And let's just come together and enjoy each other, and you know one of my family members said, "Amen." Hey, man, like it was a real you know it was a real call to peace. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because we don't agree, it's because disagreement with vitriol does not lead to the things that make our nation great yeah the, the nation is great because of this this tension right lively lively
1: debate that's not ad hominem that's not uh taking pot shots." It's yeah. just, uh, yeah, you can, you can, you can uh, d- disagree in a civil way, and uh, listen to the other person's point of view, and it's not going to hurt you. I don't know. I think that's important, and also it does. Uh, it's an interesting segue because you know my 25 year wedding anniversary is Wednesday. Oh my! Speaking goodness. of civil disagreements, oh my <laughs> gosh, 25 years of them. No, I'm just kidding. I've been been pretty lucky. Yeah. So that's another reason we've been kind of distancing is because I've been, I went out of town last weekend. I did a couple of comedy shows. So you and I were kind of like playing on the safe side. So we didn't meet up this past week like we normally do for lunch. And then you did the funeral. You're like, maybe we should just kind of do a remote version right. of this. Because we did the time. best we could
0: and so did you at your shows. Yeah, but we I mean yeah, we I wore mask. I mean I,
1: yeah, I wore masks all the whole time until I was on yeah. stage pretty much. And then, you know, people were yeah. But it, it is what it is. And it's uh these it's interesting times though, because I was kinda of worried I didn't promote it at all. It was at a comedy club with another comedian who's a bigger name and I was just like, He didn't promote it, I didn't promote it, but these shows were already kind of sold out. Well, not sold out, but you know how it is. Sold sold out at fifty percent capacity. Right. Everybody's like six foot tables from each other or whatever. But they were great and it was fun to hear people laugh again. But yeah, I knew right away when I come back I'm gonna have to, you know, isolate for a few days until I know that I'm not symptomatic or whatever or it's been enough time to where even if I was symptomatic I'm not gonna harm anybody that I know and care about. So it is a weird time but but yeah now we're um we're getting ready to go uh we're gonna go get a cabin in the mountains. It wasn't really our our twenty five year we were planning on maybe a, a Europe trip. But that's yeah. we're not allowed in Europe. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh we're literally the ugly Americans right now. We're not allowed. We're not allowed in other countries. Not a big fan. Yeah, yeah we're not, not, not allowed in
0: Canada right now. Isn't that funny? Uh, yeah,
1: but uh um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so we're gonna do the the quick trip to the mountains and get a cabin and go hiking and do our thing up there and uh, get wear wear masks and I don't know what we'll do.
0: Get our hiking shoes on. So that'll be you fun. Know, you just laid out when my wife listens to this the like nightmare scenario for her. She's not into the, the going out and the hiking. She'd probably go to a cab, but she doesn't even like because you know, her whole life living in East Tennessee. Yeah, is yeah,
1: you that's where you that's your de facto like, well, we'll go on a trip, but it's gonna be here and get your airbrush t shirt and your taffy, your saltwater taffy that's yeah, homemade. But yeah, so I've grown since I moved to Middle Tennessee, and so flat here, I miss it now more. So I'm like, I go for it. Like when you're a kid, you go for the water park and the Dollywood and the whatever. And then as you get older, you're like, eh, I'm tired of this. But then now I go back because I miss the mountains and the trees and the.
0: I like going. I like I like going in. Um, not getting off the traditional Gatlinburg exit where you sit for four hours. But we go down and we go through. Um, you might you probably go through Townsend, but um. What's that uh, other side? If you go past Gatlinburg, almost like through North Carolina, there. Yeah, um, like
1: Newport area. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking. A, of, I know what you're talking about.
0: You go past Kodak and all mm. those, and I came in. We came in from volleyball tournaments that side. It was a great drive, beautiful. Yeah. And you come in the back side of Gatlinburg there. Um, yeah, and and kind of skip all of the you know. Yeah, I mean work. it's
1: it's there's there's good and bad about it as far as like it, like I said it wouldn't have been our number one choice, but it'll be fun. And we'll, uh, and again, I, th- th- by the time this goes out, uh, we could both uh, have been mauled by a bear. That's the great <laughs> thing about, like we're recording this on a Saturday. We leave on Sunday. So this comes yeah. out on Monday. Uh, mm. We could be in the paper already. Wow. So, wow. I, so if that's what happens, just so you know, I really love my wife and I'm very grateful for 25 uh, happy years of marriage. And I didn't see the bear. I didn't know. <laughs> I did not <laughs> we're even. Just know. Assuming yeah. you did not outrun and leave your wife
0: behind. Yeah, that you right. just
1: right. Yeah, you don't know. I was just out on. My, I was out at a picnic table having a peanut butter and honey sandwich. You know, <laughs> what do you think is
0: going to happen? You didn't know. <laughs> so. Uh, so, well, congratulations, man. 20, you know, uh, and then we were talking. You're always five years ahead of me, uh, which in in life, in li- yeah, um, in, in general, and. and- as you said, that's going to be great until –
1: Until I die for five years. Well, if, yeah. If, yeah.
0: Right, that five, that extra five years. And then I, I don't know. If you die, that means automatically I die five years later? I don't know, Johnny. We've uh, been on we've this. Been, we've been tied together for, yeah. Long Could time, be. Because yeah. yeah. it's my 20th, and we were looking at, at you know Europe or something too. It's less likely. We have a 12-year-old. Less likely to be gone for that long. But, yeah, because uh, you got to do at least 10 days or whatever if you're going to Europe. I wanted 20 when I wanted, at this point, I wanted every five years to have a that many days. Oh, so right. Had, but 20-day 20, 20, 20 no trip day. right now.
1: 20-day trip right now and just not probably yeah.
0: feasible. No. But you're going to do it because that's what you are. You got to treat yourself, John. We're going to do something, but it's not going to be 20 days. And it may just be, heck, I mean, I told her, I was like, will you know, I went on a work trip with her to South Bend, Indiana in the snow a couple of years back, you know, she was working, I was writing and then we'd go out at night to restaurants. We had a great time. You know, it's like at this point I would just take a road trip with some nineties music. Uh, and yeah. uh, you know, if we could find a place to, to eat and hang out and have a few days together. I mean, uh, but we'll yeah. see, but uh, that's South, coming up for us. South September. Bend, beautiful vacation destination. You know, you and I almost shared an anniversary. Yeah. That, originally we planned our wedding for see yours is august the 6th august 5th 5th sorry we originally planned our wedding for august the 5th and then laura had her brain aneurysm when we were engaged and we had to push it back september 30th that was one of the things some of her hair had fallen out from the radiation and stuff so yeah you and i would have shared literally five years apart the same anniversary so you think we'd have anniversary tripped together i don't think i'm Uh (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think if I was going to take a trip, yeah, we I could see taking a trip with you and Laura. It would be, you know, we probably have different travel. Like that's the thing when you take a trip with another yep. couple, you learn your little travel picadillos, uh huh. Idiosyncrasies come
0: up, uh huh.
1: Like, well, and kid, are, you're
0: going hiking already. I can tell you right well, now. Well, I'm that, a little
1: bit more active than I ever have been in my life, though. So we're already looking at like, how are we going to stay on track, fitness wise, while we're away? Which that would never have been in the okay. That would never have been in the conversation before. It would have been like what restaurants what what things are there to do now we're like looking at hiking trail maps and we're you know we're seeing if there's going to be a gym open nearby whatever you know that yeah. you know we can wear a mask in and still get our because we lift every other day you know we're getting swollen, john dude
0: yeah man that's uh yeah, but yeah and we're we
1: definitely like sleep in people so if you go on a trip let's say you're on a cruise with somebody and they're like the people who get up at seven to do the like the the activity of the day. We got it we're embarking here. And and then you're like, uh, oh, we don't get up to eleven. It's vacation. <laughs> and then you get irritated at that person. Yeah. Like that would be that's the thing about doing the vacation with another couple. We've done you it. You just a couple, gotta know. Yeah. You gotta know ahead of time, like, hey, this is our trip with yeah. us and it's our trip with you, but more so it's our trip with each other just right. as a couple. You happen to be along. You guys have your fun. We're gonna have our fun. And then we'll yeah. get together and have dinner at night.
0: Yeah. But that it, it, it. maybe as
1: you get older, it's less important. And you just go, let's do everything together because we're,
0: you know, we've had all yeah. those trips. Maybe it's. Yeah. We, we, we travel with our friends, you know, the stewards, because our daughters are best friends. And we did a cruise. And yeah, I mean, we, we did most things together. But then we were okay. Like they got off the boat one day with their family and we didn't. We'd yeah. already been. They
1: came back with like sleeve tattoos. And you're like, well,
0: that's one way to go. Yeah. That would have, you know. Interesting. interesting. <laughs> you just kind of got to, you know, be okay with it. And, and you know, you know, We're more like right now, uh, this funeral and everything. Yeah. We, what, what progress we had made. Like I was eating cake for breakfast today. Like I was there. I was like, oh man, this is left over from yesterday. I'm just going to go ahead and start eating this straight off the plate with a fork. Like I didn't even cut a slice. I just started eating into the side of the cake, you know? Well, then you're like, once you, yeah. Once you start that. Yeah. So it's all misshapen. I mean, I am still running but it's hard because I'm carrying all this extra weight, you know. John, but, uh, you're
1: not carrying. You gotta take, it. You, look you gotta take great, cake John. breaks every two
0: miles. You know, it's, that's, that's uh, a rule.
1: You carry I mean, one of those watching. little Camelback things, but it's just cake. It's like it's icing coming cake. in the
0: tube. <laughs> it's re- you get out of breath trying to suck you, icing. You really tube. do. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> but that little energy uh, rush you get from the sugar is mm-hmm. good. You, know, and you crash at about five miles, but uh, <laughs> no. So, well, man, that'll, that'll be fun. I'm glad for you guys and uh, appreciate all you guys who are listening and uh, how much well, fun. Maybe, you've, well,
1: you've been given energy from what we've been putting in your Wait, yeah. That's
0: not a- it. Yeah. It's like it's like eating cake for breakfast. That's what talk about that is all about. It's like filling your life with just sugary carbs yeah thats that does you here. no uh,
1: nutritional good but somehow you keep coming back and we appreciate it yeah we
0: appreciate it and uh hey you know, go check out our patreon page and uh, we are very grateful to our patrons who support us every month I thought of
1: something new we can send our patrons John okay the because uh, somebody asked about it and we actually sent it to one person who is a patron I believe but uh you know we talked before about our we were in a Christian band together a Christian rock band for about seven uh-huh. years and we have those files in a Dropbox link. Yeah. So I think we're going to send that to the pa- the patrons we have. And anybody that signs up today or later, we'll send it through the end of the week. We'll start sending that link out so they can get, if you talk about you talk about uh, 90s, early 2000s, Christian Rock, dude,
0: you'll, it'll take you back when you hear this. It's our, our EP, Scarlet Thread. You know, and- what's crazy is is in our program right now, I actually have one of the songs loaded. I didn't even know you were going to say that. Oh, well. I, I could give you. Oh,
1: don't give them a take. They don't. They don't need that. Don't tease because you could. They could be like excited, and then you're like, they're like, oh, that's. You,
0: you don't could, want them to have
1: like a ten second preview. Lower their expectations. <laughs> I want them to ponder what it could be, and then they're you know. But plus, you're giving away free. I don't like that. Just, you should be a patron them, if you want anything from us.
0: I'm just gonna give them ten seconds.
1: No too much okay okay Just johnny being, says
0: no guys he's a hard johnny plays hardball. with I our do <laughs> covid
1: uh, has changed me y'all this whole <laughs> thing not working i can't do it please
0: i'm become, i'm a hard man now oh man well we will we'll send you uh scarlet thread the ep yeah. uh digitized files for your listening pleasure
1: because if we send them uh, the, i have a sleeve of those cds but nobody plays cds anymore so it's right it's not right. there's not much point so we'll send you the dropbox link you can have the files
0: they and, sent me uh, audiobook cds this week from a publisher for a book that that we released recently it's not crazy uh, i was like i'm not sure I'm there's, like, there's like six of them yeah they're yeah they're it's, it's a bit yeah remember laser alarm.
1: discs you ever have a laser disc you have to turn it over we there's had like them in big school. like a record yeah yeah we had them in school you get we halfway through hard. the movie, be like turn over what yep. it's yeah. like a dinner That's plate funny.
0: <laughs> so strange it was huge yeah it was awesome so well guys we appreciate you listening check out Johnny's socials you can check out my socials and uh, you know maybe next time I'll talk about uh, some of my social media um, I guess limitations right now in my life and what they're doing for me health wise but I still am on there I love you Follow me and, you uh, think you're better Johnny has no limitations he just lives on every day I do day oh, I'm so the mad pool.
1: all the time now it's wonderful <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we hope that you're not mad from listening to our episode today because we just love sharing the time with you and, and all uh, learning, growing, having fun together. So we'll see you next time one. Talk About That.